You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast, where we celebrate vulnerability and shameless living. No topic is off limits when you're chatting with your besties. Let's own our worth and walk empowered towards truth together. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 13 of season four of Heart and Soul. Today, I am joined by Lindsay. Can you pronounce your last name? Yeah, it's Pinchuk. Pinchuk. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, Lindsay has a wild, crazy ride in entrepreneurship. She um, started her own business with only $500 in her pocket as a mom and has sold it since and been encouraging and consulting and coaching women ever since. So I'm really excited to kind of dive into your story and hear more about your life. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. um, So kind of fill our listeners in a little bit on who you are and what you do. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny, I was telling you before, I really made my entrepreneurship debut as kind of a connector. And I've always been a connector. You know, I've always been that person, even before I started my own company that, you know, a friend would come to and say, do you know someone who does X, Y, and Z? And I always did. And I, and I, I'm just very good at kind of like holding on to people and keeping people. And so when I became pregnant, I knew that I was going to want connections with other pregnant women. This was in 2010. So I'm dating myself, but this is before Facebook had business pages. This was before Instagram. I mean, none of that stuff existed. And I was living in Chicago. My husband and I were our transplants here. We don't have family here. And none of my friends were pregnant. We all have fifth graders. So I was just kind of the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I got pregnant, none of my friends were pregnant. And, you know, I, I know my non-pregnant friends cared and, you know, wanted to like be a part of this journey, but really and truly like when you're not pregnant and someone else is pregnant and you say like, how, how are you doing? You're kind of just, it's a courtesy, right? It's a, it's a much different, um, feeling when it's someone else who's pregnant on the other end and you guys are connecting about your stories. So I started my company bump club and beyond as a way to find other expectant moms we started hosting events here in Chicago. I was also working in advertising and marketing for the Hearst Corporation at the same time. I was working at Good Housekeeping and I loved my job. I mean, I, I really and truly loved every single part of my job at Good Housekeeping. Um, and we, I started hosting these events and word of mouth. I mean, moms are the best word of mouth marketers out there. We started hosting, uh, we had a prenatal yoga class and then we had like a shopping event and then people are like, what's next? What's next? We started bringing in speakers. Our first paid event with a speaker, I think we had over 75 expectant moms pay to come. Whoa. And it was really just a word of mouth, grassroots marketing effort that got the ball rolling with Bump Club and Beyond. And then as time went on and people heard more about it, we started expanding into other cities have a background in advertising and marketing. So I was reaching out to various corporations, all who wanted to get involved with my community because you have a really short window of opportunity to capture pregnant women. And then we started having brands come to us. So Target approached us, Nordstrom approached us, the Honest Company. We were building out activations for these brands, not only you know, to host events for them, but we were bringing our community to them. We had an amazing community. So I grew this business to be seven figures year over year. Um, We had about 3 million engaged users every month when I sold it. And I I did, I sold it. I was approached in 
2018 by three different entities. And in 2019, I sold the business to a large agency holding company really because I felt I had taken it as far as I could take it on my own. And I wanted more resources and I didn't want to be like burning the midnight oil, midnight, burning the midnight oil and worrying about where the cash flow was coming from. I never got any investors. I never, I, yeah. I bootstrapped the whole thing. So um, I sold the business and I worked at the new company for two and a half years, which also included like the height of the pandemic. We were an events-based company. I turned it into an online operation. We were hosting online events. Our target series went from a six-figure to a seven-figure revenue driver because of that. And still working with them today. So I chose to exit in July of 2021 for so many reasons. Um, I just, I felt it was time. I felt like I was not a young new mom anymore. Um, I didn't really want to be the face of a mom based company anymore. And I also, I had a lot of brands reaching out to me, asking me to do projects for them. And I wanted to do them and I couldn't because I had this job where I was working 80 hours a week and I was on webinars and I was doing Facebook lives and I just, I couldn't take on anything else, but those things were really like lighting me up inside. Took a while to get there, but I did. And, um, I exited in in the summer of 2021. Um, the bump club and beyond became a client of mine, my first client. And, um, I consulted for them for like two to three months. And during that time, I was able to get two to three other clients. And since then, I have continued helping and servicing female founders and other brands that are female owned, um, really in the marketing and content and social media space and to help them grow their businesses. That's incredible. I have a few things I want to touch on because like you said, 2010 was completely different marketing wise. I'm, I have a background in marketing as well. And Um, I kind of want to ask you, do you think that I'm sure? Okay. So it goes both ways. Like now that we have Instagram and we have all this, you know, social media free marketing, um, do you think that that sometimes makes it harder to start a business? And I only say that because it's so oversaturated and, um, content that there's so many options for consumers. Yes, I do. I mean, I, so this is a big question that I get from like clients and from a lot of the women who join my workshops is that they're overwhelmed, especially as like a solopreneur, right? Like there's only so much time in the day and there's only so much that you can do. So, you know, I, yes, I do think that it is very hard, but my suggestion is always twofold. One, really think about those grassroots opportunities, because when you're starting a business, that's what's going to really help propel you forward at first. I built a whole business on partnerships. Yeah. I mean, my first event was with a prenatal yoga class. My second event was with a maternity store. Then I started getting brands involved in high profile speakers in the city of Chicago in the parenting space. All these people were sharing about Bump Club. And so, and we all had the same audience. And so that was something that continued even after social media became a thing. And we started having to incorporate, you know, what we were doing and meeting our customer on social media. Um, So I, I really always try to encourage my clients to think about those back to basic marketing techniques, because often they seem so simple, but they're often the most effective. Right. 
And so that's like the first thing. And then the second thing I would, I always tell people is as a solopreneur or a new founder or someone who's starting a business, don't feel like you have to conquer all forms of social media right away. You can dabble and put some stuff out and see what's most effective on multiple platforms. But then I always say pick two, pick two. Like you can incorporate the other stuff later. You'll, you'll, you get into a rhythm, you get good at repurposing content, but you do not need to be on every form of social media from the get-go. You will kill yourself. I mean, you will literally, it it will be detrimental to your business. Yeah. There's so many out there and it's such a comparison trap too, to where you kind of find your value and your worth, not only as an entrepreneur, but also as a human from like, how many followers do I have? How much engagement am I getting? I'm going to get any more here, but not there. And every platform is so different. Um, I always tell women that like, especially entrepreneurs that your, your personality is your superpower. So like if you're marketing a business that you own, that you created, that you developed, then like, you're the reason why people yes. should want to come. Yes. And so when I started my business, six, seven years ago, it was, I was working another job and it was really just like me inviting friends and that referral, kind of like what you said in 2010, like you connected with moms, people started to like you, they realized you were pregnant. They wanted to come to your, and I shared, like, I, I was very like forthcoming with my pregnancy, with my labor and delivery, with the products I was using. And this was before influencers. Like I wasn't sharing what I was using because I was getting paid to do so. Mm -hmm. You know, brands were sending me things at the time, but they weren't paying me to say that I liked them. And I didn't say I liked them if I didn't. Right. So, you know, it it was a really authentic connection that I was building. And to your point, people, people started to trust me and to show up. And something else I want to say that I always tell new business owners. And I find that so many do not do this. And it's like the easiest way to put your business out there. When you are starting a business, you need to send an email to everyone, you know, about the business. And I can't tell you how many people don't. Yeah. Because they're like, so afraid to put themselves out there. And what are people going to think? I am still reaping the benefits of me sending out my email in August, 2021. And now it is March, 2022. I am still reaping the benefits of my email announcing my marketing consultancy because you never know when someone's going to need you or want you or want your service or have someone to connect you to. So it's so important to let people know what you're doing. Right. And to remain consistent with it. Like I, with my business, I work in fitness. I own a women's fitness studio. And for me, it's, some people have been following me for years and they don't step into the gym for years. And it, but it's when it's right for them. And then they think, Hmm, if I'm going to start exercising now, who do I want to exercise with? And then you're top of mind because you were consistent and connected right. with them. And that, that really matters to people. Consistency is currency. I mean, if you just absolutely, consistent, you are going to, reap the benefits from that, not just financially, but also like relationally, like that gets you more referrals as well. It connects you with more people. If you're a connector, that's the game to be in is consistent. Yes. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I connect with on social media every single day. And there are a lot that are the the same people that I've met on social media, obviously. Um, but I I mean, that is, it's because I show up every day and I share things and people respond to me. And I don't always show up like in my stories 
I do a lot, but you know, I also have this fine line with, you know, maintaining my, my life as well. I don't want to always be on Instagram. And I also make sure to not overshare. Yeah. You know, like I, like I, I share enough that people feel a connection. They, they know me. I think they know what I stand for, for sure. But I don't share every little meal that I eat or every person I go out with or everything my kids do. And I, and I've become really protective of their privacy as well. Um, right. Really only sharing things that they, they want me to share because they're people now they're eight and 11. Yeah. You know? so, t- so tell us a little bit about your, your kids. Yeah. So I have two girls, they're eight and 11. Um, one of them, so fifth grade and second grade. And I can't believe I'm going to have a middle schooler next year. Crazy. And they, you know, they are the backbone for every single thing that I've done in my career, you know, since I got pregnant. And, you know, when I started bump club, it was obviously very self-serving. I wanted to meet other expectant women and I wanted to connect and find community, which I did, but I ended up finding a lot of friends for my daughter as well when she was born. And ultimately when I left my corporate job, I made that decision because I wanted more flexibility and I wanted to be around for her and I wanted to watch her grow up and I wanted to be available. Irony of the situation is that I ended up probably working harder and traveling more than, than when I was at Hearst, but it was all on my terms. Yeah. And, um, that is, you know, is something to be said, of course. And, you know, as I kind of moved through and sold the business and then made the the choice to exit the business, all those decisions were with my kids and my family in mind. Um, you know, when I ultimately sold the business, I was at a point that I wasn't so happy and, as my kids were people, they're not babies anymore. They can definitely sense that unhappiness and it was impacting my family and them. And so yeah. now that I am like, have done a total 180 and I'm feeling so much more back to myself and I'm so happy about what I'm doing, they still seem very proud of me and they know that I'm working for myself and they know about my podcast and my older one like wants to help me on TikTok. She's so funny. She's like, we're going to, I'm going to help you here. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to do this. You know, it's like, so it's, so, it's so different now, but like, I know I made the right decision. Yeah. And it's also, especially you raising daughters, it's also really empowering for them to see you as the woman role model in their life, making decisions that are sometimes are a little like against the status quo for women to make. Like I'm going to build a business and I'm going to sell a business. It's rare. And it, thankfully it's becoming more common that women are stepping into those positions and also sharing about that and being like, no, I'm worth being praised too for the hard work that I've done. And it's cool probably for them as young women to see, oh, my mom can like do all this badass stuff, like then I can too, you know? And if I want to start a business, I can start it. If I want to pivot, I can pivot. If I want to get on TikTok, you know, I can get on TikTok. Yeah. I mean, my (laughs) older daughter started a business during the pandemic. I mean, she was making beaded bracelets and selling them. And like, she was like making good money. She was 10 at the time. And like, (laughs) There were weeks that she would make like a hundred dollars. Like oh my that's God. Like crazy, right? So, you know, but she's, she definitely has the entrepreneur bug in her as well. And I think my little one like saw that and then she wanted to do it. So to your point, it's setting a good example for them. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's inspiring too <coughs> for them to be, I think the pivot thing is also really important. Like for you to make a decision after being so successful in one area to do something different, something similar, but something different that really lights your soul on fire. I think that a lot of people struggle with this, with that idea of pivoting because they feel like it's quitting, but, but it's, it's really actually like, it makes you feel once you pivot to the other side, it makes you feel like, I don't want to use the word empowered again, but like strong, like I can do more than one thing. Like I have different avenues. You know, it took me a while to get to the point where I was willing to leave. Like it was like the, the business was my baby. I watched it grew. I was also the face of the business. And I, and I thought to myself, like, what's going to happen? And, you know, it really took me getting to the point where I was okay with whatever was going to happen because I didn't want to disappoint anyone. And -hmm. I've said this many times before I felt, I felt it for for a while. I felt like leaving would disappoint the community and I didn't want to disappoint my employees at the end of the day, I really didn't want to disappoint myself or my family. And that's what, you know, why I made that decision to leave. But when I did pivot and right before I kind of like made that announcement, it was really scary. You know, I mean, I, I was like, what if no one hires me? What if no one wants my services? I've been out of like that game for like such a long time. This is kind of all people know me as. And now I know that every single thing that I did really led to this, to this moment. And I was preparing you exactly what I am meant to do. And I'm still connecting people and I'm helping people. And that's what I really want. And I really want to see others succeed because there's nothing better. There really isn't. And, and different seasons of life call for different, you know, purposes. And so you're, you're growing too. Like we don't stop growing when we become moms, like right. continue to grow, um, in different levels. So how has, especially when your babies were babies, how difficult was that balancing starting this brand new thing? And then also, you know, making sure this human stays alive <laughs> and prospers. How was that for you? So I don't really believe in balance. This is something I talk about too, because I just don't think it exists. I mean, I think you can have almost everything you want. I just think you can't have it all at the same time. And so you need to prioritize Mm -hmm. and say no to things. And I got really good at saying no. I was always a yes person. And and I got really good at weighing the opportunities and, and whatnot. I could not have done any of this without my village. I mean, like I was living in Chicago. I didn't have family here. And, you know, when I first made the decision to leave my corporate job to do bump club full time, the goal was to pay for our childcare for the first year. That childcare was a nanny share. And I had her three days a week. So you better believe that on those three days from the time I dropped Jordan off until the time I picked her up, I was working my ass off. I mean, I was like sitting at Starbucks. Like I knew all the baristas at the Bucktown Starbucks in Chicago. I mean, and I didn't move. Like I really didn't move. I hustled. We more than paid for the childcare that first year. And that was really the indicator that this was the right decision. And, you know, after that, we ended up getting um, a live-in nanny. We had an au pair, which a lot of people think that au pairs are so expensive. It's actually one of the most efficient and effective childcare options out there. 
Um, and it provides you with flexible 45 hours a week. And when I had that, I was really able to take off with my business and we've had au pairs since. So that was in 2011 that we got our first au pair. Uh I have, I still have an au pair. I could not run my family without the au pair. The au pair helps me to make sure that everything is done for my kids so that when I'm with my kids, I can be with my kids and I'm not worrying about their laundry or cleaning up after them or, and all of our au pairs across the last 10 years have become like family. We, we talk to them all. My kids love them. They're all, you know, young girls between 18 and 26 that come from Europe. Ours come from Europe and um, they have become a part of our family and they've been integral to me being able to do my job. So that's the first piece. Second piece is my husband. I would never have been able to do any of this without his support. Um, you know, he has the corporate job in my household. So, you know, we have to be very respectful of that. Um, but he still always finds time for flexibility and support. And he encourages me, my parents, I mean, my mom at the beginning of bump club used to come from Detroit and help to stuff gift bags. And she would help check people in at events. I mean, like everyone so helped, precious. which was like, and my friends were also amazing. Like not just supporting bump club, but I had friends who, I later found out we're having a hard time trying to get pregnant yet. They still were like offering to help me. Like I had one friend who came and was my photographer at all of my initial events. And I didn't know at the time that she was struggling with fertility Mm. yet. She showed up in a way for me that I will forever be grateful for. And I didn't know until she got pregnant and she told me, wow. So, you know, but so like having my friends support me and, that way and other ways also tremendous. Um, you know, so I couldn't do this without these people. Yeah. And my really- team, of course. I mean, once I started grow- like growing bump club, I had a team and, yeah. and they were amazing. And most of them stuck by me from the time they were hired until, you know, the time I left and there's still one legacy employee left at bump club. Wow. It really, it really does take a village. I remember when I was pregnant. I mean, it was just last year I was pregnant and I was like, Oh, I'm just going to put my baby in like a bouncer while (laughs) I work and like coach and, you know, while I'm like podcasting or answering emails, like he'll, he'll just be like hanging out. Well, he's a baby. Like he makes noises. He needs attention. He needs food. Like these are all things. I don't know why I just like didn't think about. (laughs) And so now he's in childcare for half days. And like you said earlier, those five hours that he is gone. I didn't know it was possible to get that much done. Like there is something that like ticks off inside you where you're like, okay, it's go time. And you end up conquering what should take like 10 hours and five hours. And it's moms are the most efficient people on the planet. It's so efficient. And also like while he's there, I can still somehow like multitasking is a woman's greatest gift. I I believe because like, I can like have laundry in there. I can be doing his cleaning his bottles and also like answering emails at the same time. Like who is this person? And it makes you also realize how much your mom did for you. You know, when you're like, Oh, wow. Thank you. My mom was a business owner too. And she worked my whole life from home. And it, like I said earlier, like it empowered me. I'm like, Oh, she can be a good mom. And own her own business, make her own money and do it from home and hang out with me. I can do that too. And now here I am doing that. Like it's, 
you really do like change generations as women by just like stepping into your power. Yep. Without a doubt, without a doubt. So what would you say is the biggest challenge between running a business and being a mother? (laughs) So I think that's changed. So for me, like that's definitely changed. So when I was at bump club, I would say the biggest challenge was like really pausing and like being with my kids, especially, and I don't want to like, I, after the acquisition, there was a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, I, I felt a lot of pressure by the corporation and I felt like I was always working. And so the biggest challenge was putting it down and putting my phone down. Cause I ran all of our social media and I, I was doing all of our content. And so it was a challenge for me to like figure that out and to say no. And I finally started saying no. I finally started saying like, this is crazy. And like, I'm not living my life like this. Yeah. Um, so that was a challenge. And then also like when I owned Bump Club before I sold it, you never really stop working. So, you know, I would be at the park and I'd like be on the call on calls and, and whatnot. And again, it's like this whole saying no. And you don't want to like turn down an opportunity that could be a good opportunity, but you also want to be fair to your kids. Right. 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 So I would say like saying no was a big challenge for me and in terms of like figuring out my time. Um, now my, I think now my challenge, I I don't know. I, I think I'm still trying to figure out what my challenge is because I like, I'm running my own show again. I have no one who's accountable to me. Um, I think my biggest challenge now is turning it off at night because I do really tend to work a lot at night. I'm that's when I get the most done. Um, I've been trying to be very good about closing everything down from like, you know, dinner time, five, six o'clock. I make dinner for our family every night until the kids go to bed. But then at the end of the day, I'm like doing so much work. And often I'll look up and I'll be like, oh my God, it's one 30. Like I got to mm. go to bed to take care of myself, you know? Right. And, and so that is, I think my biggest challenge now is that I'm loving what I'm doing and I don't want to stop, but you have to really know when to shut it down and to take care of yourself. I think that that's a, a really big problem for most women in business is one saying no, because we tend to be like more compassionate, more caring, want to like give, 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 give of ourselves. And then we run ourselves dry and we're spent at the end of the day. And then also giving yourself the same attention that, or attention that you deserve in order to take care of yourself, restore, refresh, and then be the best version of yourself for your business. I think women often put people in front of them. So off so many times that they forget like that they need to nurture themselves as well. And that's just as important without a doubt. I mean, it's, Taking care of yourself is the most important thing that you can do. And I will say this, one of the things that I've made it a point of doing always, even like during the height of bump club, when it was like, you know, I was traveling and whatever was doing one thing for myself a day. Now that one thing didn't have to be like some, you know, monumental feat, but maybe a phone call to a friend, a walk around the block, a Peloton class, a manicure, like just some, and like going to target is not one thing for yourself. Like that is just not like, yes, we all love target, but like, I see, you know, those memes all the time joking that like, you know, Oh, it's a vacation to go to target and like self-care. I go to target on something like, no, like that's like a necessity to buy things for your family. But I would always just try to find one way to do one thing for myself a day. And 
that's important. And some days it was more than others, of course. Yeah. I love that. And I think that's good advice for anyone listening. It's like, have you taken time for yourself today? It doesn't have to be like two hours where you retreat somewhere. It literally can be a walk down the block or like listening to a podcast that you like, or watch a show, watch a, like for me watching some real housewives. <laughs> I mean, tonight I'll be watching the bachelor finale. Let's oh yeah. hundred percent. So- me too. Yeah. Um, that's hilarious. I'm I reality TV is my guilty pleasure. So there's that. Um, but yeah, I, I think that women, if you're listening, it would be really beneficial for you to kind of like pause after this and maybe write something down that you can do for yourself this week, start with a week and then make it every day. I think that's a really good way for you to start prioritizing you so that you can be the best version of you for others. You know, it's so funny. I, and I just had this conversation with my husband this morning, like he's been working really hard lately and he's had some employee shifts and whatnot. And I know he's a little stressed out. And I looked at him this morning and I said, you need to take a minute for yourself. Like you can't just sit at your desk all day and then like, right come downstairs and sit on the couch at night. Like you have to move. And he said, and he said to me like, Oh, physically or mentally, I said both. Like I said, it's so important that you move and get up from your desk and are not just on calls. Or if you have to be on a call, take it from a walk because you have to do something for yourself. And like, it's not just women. I mean, it's men too. And especially things have shifted so much during the last two years. And we are so much more tied to our desks, I think, than we ever have been. And there's a lot of gray area about like when work starts and when it stops, because a lot of us are still at home. Yeah, for sure. And so I think it's so important that everyone really stops and takes a minute. Yeah. And you know what? It's also our culture here in America too. It's like very busy, very work driven. Like if you go to a different country, they like have nap times or like, go out and get a drink with friends in the middle of the day as a break or laws about not checking email on the weekend. Exactly. Yeah. So it is like, we do get in invested and almost addicted to hustle culture that when we are working from home, we just keep working. Like it's just kind of like become ingrained in us. And there, there does need to be a line drawn for, you know, time to yourself and time away from work, even if it's not with yourself, even if it's with friends or with your kids or whatever. Um, well, yeah, I have four questions that I ask every single guest at the yeah. end of the podcast. So I'm going to ask you those right now. And I didn't prep you on purpose. Um, my first question is what is something that you're really obsessed with right now? It can be anything, a show, a food, a book. What podcast. is something that I'm really obsessed with right now? Um, probably Peloton. I mean, like I, like I love my bike. I really do. I got it before the pandemic actually for my 40th birthday. It was like the best present ever because I had it when the pandemic started and, um, and I, yeah, and I had it. Yes. And I love it. Um, you know, I go in spurts, like when I'm chasing a milestone ride, like I'll really go hard at it. So I'm, I'm in the moment, I think I'm at like 430 or 435. So I'm slowly working my way to 500, probably wow. by the time I get to like 475, I'll be going gung ho, like three rides a day, but like, I, I love it. And it motivates me. And, um, you know, I, I like the community and a lot of my friends have it. So we ride together or we share rides and that's been a really great way for me to do something for myself. Yeah. I just got one two months ago and I love it, especially as a mom, because you can do a quick 20, 30 minute ride from home 
and still feel like you're connected to community while you're moving. Cause I'm a big group workout person and I can't really do that anymore. Yeah. Really nice to have that. I love mine. Um, okay. Next question is what is something you're looking forward to in 2022? What am I looking forward to in 2022? You know, I'm really looking forward to connecting and seeing my friends again and my family. Um, you know, this, obviously the pandemic has been so hard on everyone. Um, for so many reasons. And I I actually just posted last night about like how one of the silver linings was really the time that my core family or my nuclear family got to spend together. And I really wouldn't trade that for anything. I mean, having gone through these last two years and we've gotten so close and I feel like I am so much closer with my girls than ever before. And that's amazing. But we have so missed being with our friends and family because we do not live in the same place as most of them. Uh, My husband's from Canada. He has seen his family once, him, not the rest of us, in the last two years. He got to go there at the end of last year when the borders opened up last summer. He went for two weeks. But like we haven't seen our nieces and nephews. I haven't seen my brother-in-law and sisters, my brother-in-laws and sister-in-laws, my in-laws, even my parents. We have seen them, but like not as much as we normally would. And then like my closest friends, um, I recently had to go to New York. Um, for an unfortunate circumstance, but we all kind of were like, oh my God, the silver lining is like, we're together. We haven't been together in like two and a half years. And I got to see a lot of my really close friends. So I'm really looking forward to reconnecting and spending time with the people that I love so much. I mean, prior to the pandemic, I was traveling two to three times a month. I think that was a little bit much um, for work. And I, you know, I I'm okay not doing that, but I, I could use a business trip once a month. It's really nice to get away, <laughs> but I was going like places where my friends lived. And so I was seeing my friends, like my high school friends, my elementary school friends, my college friends all the time. Mm. And when that was taken away from me during the pandemic, it was, it, it was really, really hard. Yeah. And so I like next week I'm going to LA. I'm going to see some of my friends I haven't seen in so two and a half years. So I'm Uh, so excited for that. Yeah. I mean, community is everything we were built for connection. And so to have that taken away from us for years, that's going to really weigh on you and change you as a person. So I'm, I'm really excited for you too, to be able to travel and see your people again. Um, okay. Third question is what is something that you really love about yourself? Um, my persistence, you know, I I really like, if I want something, I go for it. And I, and I know that, and I wasn't always like that. It took me, you know, many years to get to that point. But if I know something's right, or if it's meant to be, I will continuously go after it. That's until it, until it happens. Yeah. You're a fighter. I love that. Um, okay. Last question is if you could leave women with one little nugget of wisdom to land on today, one little like truth, piece of truth or a little quote they can like write on a post-it note, what would that be? I would say just do it or just say yes. I mean, I think that, you know, there are so many times that we say no to the trip, say no to the night out, say no to the coffee with a friend, you know, say no to starting the business, but like, just do it. Like, I think if anything, the last couple of years have taught us that life can change on a dime and like, you have to seize the moment. Um, I have this picture of me and my two, my two oldest and closest friends. Um, they're from, these are friends of mine from the time I was five, right before the pandemic, they came to Chicago 
And we did like a girl's trip because we had all turned 40 that year. And we have a picture of us under this big sign that says yes. And I didn't even realize until long after the trip that we had this picture. And I've never been so thankful that we said yes to that trip. And because we didn't, we didn't see each other for 11 months after that. Wow. Yeah. So So you didn't know that was coming. Like you just never know. And so just say yes. Like right now, whenever anyone's asking me for plans or, you know, what, yes, like let's make it happen. And I make it happen because we didn't, we didn't have that ability for so long. And so, you know, and I think, and I tell business owners this too, or people who want to start a business. And I would say the number one piece of advice that the founders on my podcast give to our listeners is to just do it. Just do it. Just don't worry about being perfect. Don't worry, but just do it. Yeah. I love that advice. I love, I love the idea too, because I often like will get in my own head prior to an event starting. I think it's a lot because of the pandemic, like even something as small as I have a girl's night planned, I'll be like, I'm just like, I kind of want to stay home. I kind of want to be comfortable. And then I'll go. And then at the end, I'm like, I'm so glad I did that. You know, like I was built for a connection. So I'm so glad I did that. It's like working out, you know, like you, you dread the exercising before you do it. And then after you de- you're done, you're like, oh, I'm so glad I did that. Like, I feel so much better. Yeah. So say yes to connecting with people for sure. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It was so fun to get to know you and hear about like your amazing entrepreneurship history and your life as a mother. Um, what's the best place for our listeners to be able to connect with you? Yeah, of course. And thank you for having me. This was such a great conversation. And I hope you'll come on my podcast to share your story. Um, The best place to find me is on Instagram at lindsaypinchuk or lindsaypinchuk.com. You can find all the information about everything I offer, um, all my classes and workshops. And there's some really great business tips on my blog. Yeah. Um, And and you even have, she has some freebies too that are awesome. I have some good freebies. And then also on my podcast, Dear Found Her, it's twice weekly. Um, I share interviews and stories with some of the coolest female founders that I know and um, just amazing, great stories. Love it. And I love the name of your podcast. That's such Thank a you. good like play on words. And I'll link all that in the show notes listeners. So if you're looking for one of those ways to connect with her, that'll be in the show notes. And Lindsay, thank you so much. Thank you. All right, y'all. I will talk to you next week. Bye. Whoa.